Welcome to the Be the Adult podcast. Be the Adult is a nonprofit organization that provides blueprints for calm and effective parenting so that children can grow into their best selves. Because ultimately, we aren't raising children, we are raising little people who will one day be adults. Hello, Nancy. Hey, Marisol. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm excited. I'm excited because I love podcasting and it's been two weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't think we met last week. No. So I'm excited to get back on the podcasting bandwagon. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, For those of you joining us for the first time, this is the Be the Adult podcast. We are a nonprofit organization. We have a passion to improve people's lives. And we start out with the home life. Excuse me. The home life. Because if you want to have a peaceful life in general, it's it's a great place to start. Absolutely. It's really the only place to start. (laughs) I say if I could have my home peaceful and my car peaceful, (laughs) I will be happy. Um, So we've had some wonderful topics. And if you have not had the pleasure of listening to them, I highly recommend because they kind of build on each other. Mm -hmm. I think they're kind of like building blocks. Uh, We've talked about speaking kindly, behaving gently, staying calm. And if you're listening to that and you think, well, of course, that's so simple and easy. I can tell you as a mom of three children, as a single mom of three children, no, it's not simple. (laughs) It's a practice and it's something you practice at every single day. So um, this week's topic is listen to me. You excited about that one? I am so excited on so many levels for listen to me. I'm practicing my skills right now as I look you in the eye and and my heart is warm hearing what you have to say. Yes. Uh, Well, let me read from the book. This is the book that we have authored for children to read to their parents. And on the section of um, I Need You to Listen to Me, it says... This shows me that you value hearing both my thoughts and feelings, which tells me I deserve to be heard and encourages me to speak up. It also allows me to trust that it is safe to share the important things in my life with you. Yes, I feel like I want to add an exclamation point and underline this and put it in caps. (laughs) Um, Because if you think about it, right, um, the foundation of a relationship is love, obviously, and trust, right? And how do we build trust? Our children have to feel safe. Well, in any relationship we're in, people need to feel safe with us. Because if we don't feel safe, don't have trust, we're really not going to be able to grow together because we're not going to want to be vulnerable. And vulnerability, right, is allowing ourselves to be seen. And who wants to be seen, allow themselves to be seen, when they don't feel like they're being heard? Have you ever had the experience when you're talking to someone and you feel like you're talking to a tree? All the time. All the time. (laughs) And what does that feel like? Not great. No. No. Do you want to be in contact with him? Do you want to form a relationship? No. Mm -hmm. And so our children look to us, hopefully, as the end-all and be-all, right, of the Mm -hmm. most important people in person or people in their lives. And if they don't feel like we're listening to them... They don't feel safe with us to share and be vulnerable and look to us for leadership and guidance. And then another layer, I always talk about layers of things, right? They don't feel like they deserve to be heard. Because if my own mom or dad doesn't want to hear me, I guess I don't 
have anything valuable to say, or I guess I'm not valuable. And then they take that out into the world and their relationships and perpetuate relationships like that. And exactly. we don't want that for them. No, I, um, I find this one interesting for me because I grew up in a, in a culture where it was, you are, you're not even seen much less spoken. <laughs> wow. Double whammy. Right? Yeah. Double whammy. You were quiet. <laughs> So I did not have this growing up. I was not listened to in any shape, way, or form. So to me, like many of these concepts and why I'm here on this podcast with you, this was a learning curve for me. This was something I had to teach myself how to do. And it took, this changed my life because I don't just do it with my children. I've learned to be an active listener. For me to be an active listener means I'll use it in the context of my children. I'm sitting on my computer. My kids come in. They obviously want to talk to me or ask me something. I will, I turn away from my computer. I shut down the phone. Mm. I focus my attention on them. And that's a new skill. That's not something that I would say five years ago before You know, we all had all these smartphones and tablets and things that maybe I was a good a good at doing. Maybe it was like, give me a second, let me finish this call. Let me handle this. I'll get right back to you. And that's changed. Now, if they come in, unless it's an emergency, unless it's a it's a something work wise that I have to finish. Mm-hmm. But even then I'll say, give me two minutes and I'll give you my full attention. Mm-hmm. And so they've learned that when I pivot and give them my full attention, I'm listening. Right. And to be an active listener, I've learned, means not to be in my head ready to respond to what they're saying. Right, Which is also something I had to teach myself. Because my daughter or son would start in on something. I already knew the answer. Right. (laughs) In my head, I've already... (laughs) You know the right answer, right? (laughs) I've already been through middle school. I know what to reply here. I had to teach myself to just kind of be an open space to have them say whatever it is they need to say. And what I've learned, and this is like the most important thing I would want to convey to anyone listening. It's not 20 minutes. It's not 30 minutes. It's not eight hours. It could be, depending on the situation. Most kids just want that active listening Mm -hmm. for a few minutes. And it means the world to them. Absolutely. Because what it means is that mom values me enough to want to hear me, mm-hmm. right? And so that's part of building the, our kids feel good enough, which is you know, yeah. super important. We've said it a thousand times. So let's, you were kind of segueing um, into how to do this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and before we, we talk about that, I just really want to um, kind of validate what, what you're saying, that it doesn't mean we let our children interrupt conversations, walk all over us. We have to give them our immediate attention. Absolutely not. That gives them too much power. We don't want that, right? What it means is, is that when the timing is right to talk to them, that we're present with them, right? And the way you communicate to someone, we communicate that we're present, is that when we can, we turn our bodies to them, open heart to open heart. It's the way I like to think about it. Um, for children, we get down on their level if we can, if it's safe to do so. Not if we're cooking a pot of water that's boiling. We don't. We want to, you know, keep everyone safe first. Um, But it's really hard to have emotional intimacy, a closeness, when you're not kind of looking someone in the eye, open heart to open heart, more often than not. Um, And so 
we want to have the maintain the eye contact, right? We want to open heart to open heart. And then what we want to do is what we call validate, right? It's reflective listening. So the, what I like to say um, is that I take in, well, I picture a pot on the stove, right? And I take in the ingredients from you, what I see, touch, taste, hear, and smell from you, five senses, right? Because any data you can take in through your five senses is present data. It's actually in this moment right here between you and I. So I take in your five ingredients, right? If there are five, right? Put them in a pot, stir them up, and give them back to you. I don't put any of my own ingredients into it. That is validating. Validating is taking in what you see, touch, taste, hear, and smell. I know I'm repeating it because it's so important. Stir it up and give it back without any of the, this is what I think, you're right, you're wrong. Let me tell you about great aunt Sally's third cousin's friend at the gas station, right? This is how (laughs) grandma used to do it with me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's really, all it is first is holding space for what you are sharing with me. Because if I can hold space for what you're sharing, you're going to feel safe. You're going to feel like you matter to me in this moment. You're going to want to stay in contact with me. It gives me my best shot at you wanting to hear what I have to say. It's going to build trust, all these layers, right? Because when we don't do that, when we just listen to someone and say, well, that's not what I think, or you're wrong, or whatever it is, then that is, in my book, judgment, right? And so who am I to tell you that how you feel is wrong? Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. They might be the same. They might be different. But what we need to communicate first is how you feel your experience is valid. It's your truth. It's real for you. Doesn't mean I agree with it or disagree. First and foremost, in any conversation you have with anyone, in any relationship, is to communicate that how the other person feels is valid. So I know I heard my voice get louder as I was talking. I have a lot of energy around this. A lot of passion. Yeah. I I would also interject that, at least in the beginning, what they're coming to talk to you about can be so... Is Can I use the word innocuous here? Would that yeah, be sure. appropriate? It literally could be Sally took the green crayon right. that, <laughs> that I wanted. But now I'm I have older children, you know, 13 and 17 those conversate that trust that i built early on with them uh-huh. where they know i mean they know it's it's a thing i will stop pivot <laughs> and look right and i'll i sometimes many times will say you have my full attention yes that allows them to tell me things now at a much older age that are the the conversations you mm-hmm. want your children to be sharing with mm-hmm. you and it's one of the most meaningful tips that I've gotten working with these um, parenting tools that's helped me very much with my kids. Great. Yeah. Um, so you give a, a perfect example of how to do this, right? So I tell my children, I would love to hear what you have to say. Sometimes I'm not in a space to be able to do that. And that's not fair to you, nor is it fair to me. So if I can't give you my full attention, I am going to, if it's appropriate, turn to you and say, hey, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I would, I will come find you or you can come back in 10 minutes or when I'm done cooking dinner or whatever it is, right? Or we can come up with a sign, right? So I put up a finger and I say, from now on, when I put up a finger, 
you know, my pointer fingers. <laughs> Sorry to clarify that. It means that I know you want to talk to me. I want to hear what you have to say, and I will come get you, and I will come find you mm-hmm. when I can when I can talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, it's a wonderful tool and it's helped me outside of my children to be an active listener uh, to it, it is a practice. Right. It is very easy to be in a conversation with anyone, not your children, having them, you know, spew out everything that they're talking about. I don't mean to use the word spew, but, you know, right, right. D- throw share. up, right, right. <laughs> whatever, share. Share, <laughs> share their stuff. And prior to getting this technique in my life, I would be judging in my head. I, I There was. I'm, I'm we not, all do that. Yeah. yeah it's I'm human nature. Being, no, I don't. Now I have a way to listen mm-hmm. without thinking or judging. Right, because when you think, mm-hmm. it pulls you out of the moment up into your head, typically into your history, mm-hmm. right? Wow, I know she said that before, and then into the future. Well, what am I going to say about that? And then the person can feel that we're not present with them as fully as we need to be. And then we rob ourselves of the chance to really respond authentically being in the moment. And and you bring up an, an really another good point. What most people want in relationships is to feel heard. Mm-hmm. If we don't feel heard and seen, right? If we don't feel heard and seen, why be in that relationship? Why? Right? If someone doesn't value me enough to listen to me, my hope is that I would feel good enough about myself that I wouldn't want that, right? And so it could be as simple as, like you said, a, a two-year-old saying, I'm so mad because Sally took my green crayon. And most of us say, oh, it's okay, here's another one. We try to fix it. Or it's really not a big deal, right? Which is basically dismissing our child's feelings. We know there are other crayons. But to them, that green crayon was the most important thing in the world to them, in that moment. So if we validate, right, if we take in what we see, touch, taste, hear, smell, stir it up and give it back, we'd say, wow, you're really upset that your green crayon was taken. Or an older child says, um, my boyfriend broke up with me and it's the end of the world, right? We know that this is part of their journey. Everybody gets their heart broken. We move through it. They'll find somebody else. But in that moment, to this child, their heart's broken. So when you look your child in the eye and say, wow, I see how much your heart is hurting right now. I hear how upset you are. Right, showing up that way in any dynamic, even at work, when um, a coworker says, "You know, it's really unfair that I have to stay and finish the report when I did it last week, and and you don't, and you get to leave," and we say to the coworker instead of explaining, "Well, blah 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 blah," we look at the coworker and say, "Wow, I hear that that you're really upset. You feel like it's unfair that um, that I get to go." When you do that, you're really communicating to the person that they matter to you, that they have value, that what they're saying is important. Then you can spring into a dialogue around it. But if you just start by dismissing what they're feeling or they feel dismissed or they they don't feel heard, then the conversation is going to take a different turn. Our children will feel like, wow, did mom even hear me? Does she even care what I'm saying? I have a, a friend, and she did this, and I thought it was a fabulous technique, and I've, I've stolen it from her, <laughs> which is the car pickup line, uh-huh. 
when you have kids who aren't driving and you go to pick them up. I'm going to speak to females more than male, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but especially middle school, high school age, there's uh-huh. a lot of drama oh, that yeah. can come up when they sit in the car. Normal. <laughs> Annoying, but normal, yes. <laughs> and my my friend and I would be on the phone talking as we're waiting for our kids to, to get in the car, and she taught me as soon as her daughter got in the car, she my daughter's in the car, I'll call you back later, and ha- and ha- it would hang up. And it was such a beautiful message mm. to her daughter that d- I'm here, mm-hmm. and whatever you need to outpour, I'm going to listen to you. For that 15-minute ride to your next after-school activity or back home, you have my full attention to, you know, download <laughs> I love that your middle mm-hmm. school day and I took that on mm-hmm. um, if my kids get in the car I always have to give a little caveat because I do work mm-hmm. you know for myself and if I'm in a conference call my kids know I'm in a conference call but I have learned to when I'm giving you my full attention you're getting my full attention and I think now my kids are used to that. Anything short right. of that annoys them. Mm-hmm. Well, you've taught them they deserve to be heard. <laughs> if I'm in the middle of a good episode of, you know, the, <laughs> that's not enough. They expect me to shut it off gotcha. and listen to them. Um, but it's a wonderful technique. And, and the one thing I want to reinforce about this and all of them, it's a practice. It's not going to happen every single time. Pra- the more you practice it, the better you get. But there will be a day that you stub your toe in the morning and you your coffee spilled right and <laughs> there you hit every single red light to work right and you're not going to be an active listener and you're not going to listen well again with any of these practices you just yeah, reset okay yeah you have reset. grace for yourself yeah, yeah you model that for your kids yeah um so an- another point about this right is we're teaching our children how we want to be interacted with and how to interact with others to form the healthiest possible relationships. And so as long as we model this more often than not, we're showing our children we're not perfect at it. We're not perfect at any of this, right? And nobody's perfect, right? But we're trying. And it's that effort that they watch us putting in, which is really what we want for them. Praising effort, modeling effort is really our best shot at getting them to be their be their best selves in life. And so I often will name to my children what I'm practicing. So I say, you know what? You are so important to me. You matter. And I know sometimes I don't communicate that well, probably more often than not. So I'm consciously making an effort to hear you because I want to hear you. I want you to feel important to me. So you're going to hear me repeating back not verbatim, right? You can be verbatim with a two-year-old. You're mad you want a cookie. That'll work. Can't do that with a 13-year-old, right? Without getting a different finger in your face, right? So um, I say to my child, I'm going to try really hard to reflect back to you what I heard to make sure I'm actually hearing what you said. Because communication goes south so quickly when we hear what we want to hear. Yeah, I, you're shaking I, your head. I would even interject... <clears throat> That communication is one of our weakest skill sets. I, I'm going to speak locally into the United States. Yeah. We have lost the ability to have honest, clear communication. It's, you know, in everything, it feels like it's very reactive mm-hmm. and no one's listening to the other person. Mm-hmm. So if we could start this in our home 
and then hopefully grow out, it would be a wonderful gift to, to humanity. Absolutely. And I think the, the reason for that is because there's a lot of anger, hurt, sadness, and fear right now, whatever you want to label trauma. that. A lot of trauma. And when, this, when you're in all of that, the smarter, clearer part of your brain clicks off. And it's so hard to do that. So that's why this book really builds upon, you know, each chapter builds upon itself because we have to work first to get ourselves calm, non-reactive, so we can be in a space to actually listen, hear, validate, which means reflect back what you heard, to make sure that the other person feels heard, that I heard exactly what you want to say, and then and only then can we move forward in the dialogue. Yeah. I envision a day where my children will put down their phones to talk to someone else. Because I, I see that a lot, not just with my children, just in the generation mm -hmm. that they're on their phones and trying to have a conversation at the same time. And I always get like frustrated because I'm like, <laughs> that's not active listening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing anyone a good service here. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really passionate about communication because I think in every spectrum, we have to relearn how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I, this is my personal belief, not be the adults, but my personal belief is with it, within the 24-hour news cycle, the way our politics go, everything is DEFCON 1. Everything mm -hmm. is, you're right, I'm wrong. It's a duality. It, I rarely find a situation where that, that's the case. It's yeah. usually gray, and it c you need conversation, you need to listen, you need to understand. Right. And that's a skill set that we all can practice. Absolutely. need to practice personally. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, their children with their phones and, you know, social media and all of that, great, great space for a lot of it. But when it comes to communication, what we're all seeing is that it really can impede, block communication, shut it down. And so we're really kind of fighting against um, a lot right now. So it just makes it that much harder. Well, that's why I think our podcast is so important. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you are listening to us. <laughs> so do you have any tips for the listen to me um, for a parent? Like to sh if they're going to start this practice tonight, they're driving home, they're listening to me, they're listening to us. What are some basic tips that they can start with? Yeah, so... Um, to listen to our podcast about and, and do your own work on getting yourself as calm as possible, right? And that means in the tools that we've shared, um, meditating, exercising, all of that, everything we can do to get ourselves grounded and present. Um, and then saying to our children, even our little kids, I want to hear you. So I'm going to try to look you in the eye more. I'm going to try to face, face my heart to your heart. I'm going to set aside 10 minutes a day just to sit with you and give you space to share with me or the 10 or 15 minutes one-on-one -on -one just to play with you, right? We talk about that further on. I'm kind of foreshadowing what we're going to talk about. So our children know that we are making time to hear them, right? Kind of big picture. And then in the moment, we're going to tell our children that we want to hear them. We can't always hear them when they want to be heard, but we're going to acknowledge that. And then we will circle back to hear what they have to say. We're going to try not to communicate that their feelings don't matter by dismissing their feelings. All of us, myself included, dismiss people's feelings all day long, unintentionally, right? By when someone says something, giving our opinion, our experience, telling them we agree, 
that we disagree, that dismisses what someone shares with us. So those are some just initial tips. Um, and then to check in with our children. I try to check in with my, my kids, not so much anymore because now they're all out of the house. But when they were growing up, I would write myself a reminder, sticky note, that said, check in with your kids, ask them how you're doing. And one of the things I'd say is, do you feel like I hear you? Do you feel like when you come to me that I really hold space for what you're trying to say and that what you say matters? And sometimes they'd say no. And I'd say, okay, so tell me what you need from me to feel that way. And then I would take in what they say. We'd talk about it. Sometimes they get all of what they want. Sometimes they get part of what they want. But just that process right there really helped reinforce that I do want to hear them. That's excellent. Yeah, I I hope my children feel that way. I feel like they, the three of them know that they can come to me and speak freely when they need to. It's something we've practiced over the years and it's been a, it's been a useful tool in my house. So I would highly, highly recommend it. And I will say this, and I don't know if this sounds, um, I'm not trying to, certainly not trying to be an expert in anything, (laughs) but I know I've had children in my house that are not mine who have commented how surprised they are when I engage with my kids. That's nice. Because that's not the relationship they have at home. They're not listened to in that way. So it kind of blows their mind that a mother would stop what she's doing to focus attention. Yeah. Which makes me sad. Yeah, absolutely. But now we have a podcast and I would could send it to the parent. <laughs> well, what you're really doing is modeling for that child that there is another way mm-hmm. of being and interacting, which is a gift that, that mm-hmm. you're giving them. It's, it's hard because um, really what people want in a relationship is to feel heard. Mm-hmm. When people feel heard, when kids feel heard, so many times things stop because that's what they need. We don't need people to fix us things for us most of the time. Occasionally we do. Right, We don't even need people to tell us how to handle situation more often than not. Sometimes we really do need that help. But really what people want is to feel heard in every relationship, in a partnership, with our kids, at work, with our friends. When we feel heard, then we feel safe. And the testing more often than not stops. Because when a kid feels heard, they feel like they matter and they don't need to keep throwing out ropes to test us. It sounds legit to me. <laughs> yeah, and it really works. So try it. Uh, um, do you have anything else to add? No, but please know that once we start changing the system, kids will often throw out harder test ropes because they don't trust us that we're going to continue to show up in these healthier ways. Mm-hmm. So sometimes things get worse before they get better, and that's normal because they're saying, hey, are you really going to be calm? Are you really going to listen to me? And so we just acknowledge that. Take a deep breath and stay the course. I've been doing this for a few years. I still, there are moments I don't stay calm. I, I have an example recently. I didn't stay calm. My child stayed calm and, wow. and knew that I would get out of it very quickly. Um, and I, w- I was very impressed with her and with myself because she realized that everything that I, I I'll just tell you the story so people can relate. <laughs> I was run- I don't like to be late. Uh-huh. I I don't like to be late and I was taking my child somewhere uh Chapel Hill which is a few hours away. And I was running late to get her the Wrightsville bridge was up and I was already I was out of my body. I was not focused, I was not centered, I was not grounded. I was 
airy. Spinning. I was, I was spinning. And I go to pick her up. And I, I, I just was so annoyed by the fact that we were going to be late that I spun out. And it took me going, getting out of the car, going to my room, spending about 15 minutes. I, I wouldn't even call it meditating. I think I would just call it laying <laughs> on my bed. Breathing, <laughs> yes. And getting on the phone with the people we were going to meet telling him what happened, setting a new time. Then, you know, what I call the walk of shame, <laughs> walk of shame to my <laughs> daughter's room and apologize. And I said, love it. I'm sorry. They had nothing to do with you. And she, even before I finished, she's like, you don't like to be late. As soon as I walked in the car, I knew this had nothing to do with me. She was validating you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and I knew you would be fine within a few minutes. So... There's no, this isn't a... I love it. It's not like a test where you're going to score an A right. at 100 every time. <laughs> but when you have these tools and when you practice them in your home, they start to learn them too and do that for you How as well. How beautiful. So. Which is what we want. We're growing these people to be adults, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we're showing them when we screw up, we take responsibility. We try to make amends, which is what we want them to do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Huge pat on the back to both of you. <laughs> she listened to me. She she picked up the other data, not my words as much, <laughs> as, right. much as everything else. Um, well, that was another wonderful episode, the Listen to Me episode. Our next episode is going to be Accept Me for Who I Am, and that should be a lot of fun. Thank you again for supporting the nonprofit Be the Adult. We just want to share this content with the world. We wish to help people live their best lives. And these are some techniques that we have found do that. Thank you again. You can find us on Be The Adult website. If you're interested in joining our fundraiser, please check out our website, www.betheadult.com. You can also find us on Instagram for some motivational what do you call it? Instagramming? Uh, <laughs> Post? <laughs> I'm learning from you. I'm not sure what you call it. <laughs> and we are on Facebook and we um, would love for you to follow us and share this episode with anyone you think might enjoy it. Absolutely. And please take what we teach today and explore it on your own um, and, and make it yours. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Be The Adult podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. A special thank you to a few of our Barn Dance Barbecue Fundraiser sponsors for their generous support. Brett Tushingham Wealth Strategies, Coastal Carolina Radiation Oncology, The Valentino Family, Nunnally Fine Archtop Instruments, Carolina Storage. See you on the next episode of Be the Adult Podcast.